never know where life is going to take you. Some people know exactly where they want to be and go for it full throttle. Others just stumble upon it organically, and then there are those who just follow their intuition. This is a podcast about reaching your personal best through resilience, motivation, and passion. This is Mark My Words. Guten Tag! It's a Sunday morning here, and I am doing a new episode of Mark My Words with my very interesting and inspiring guest today. She hails originally from East Germany before even the wall came down and currently resides in Florida and Tampa Bay, place I wish I was right now. She is the owner and founder of Custom Cleanups LLC, and she also has a great book out there, and it's a long title. I'm going to try to get this right for you. How Far I Have Risen, Coming Clean About Cancer, God, and My American Dream. Today, I have Jackie Costello on the show. How are you doing today, Jackie? Hello there. Very good. How are you? I'm still trying to wake up. It's a Sunday <laughs> morning for me. It's uh, <laughs> oh, ooh, oh, boy. That'll be good in editing later. So coming off of a six-day work week myself, and uh, yeah, I, I usually get up so early, and this is kind of like my Saturday, so I'm trying to get my energy up for uh, what we're about to do today, and the, your story is really, really fascinating. I know before we started, I told you about how I have German roots myself, and right away that really got my interest because that's something I've paid attention to. I Obviously, we both lived through the end of the Cold War era, and so I have pretty big interest in that, and we'll be talking about your path, which starts off in East Germany. So the first thing that comes to mind when I think of East Germany is the difference between East Germany and West Germany. And obviously I wasn't there. You were there. You can tell me. But what was that like, especially once you got to the West and saw the differences? I'm just curious. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I, I think I need to say I'm not I'm not much of a historian, so uh, I may not be able to provide um, all the exact information that you may be looking for. But I can tell you, of course, how it was for me. Now, for me, you have to understand um, when I was born, I was born in 1982 and um, the wall came down in 1989. So I was still a kid, you know, um, and when you're a kid. I don't think you really fully understand yet what happens around you, like a bigger picture. Um, but I can tell you that even though I, I was born and I, and I partially grew up in a communist country, to me, it was normal life. Uh, to me, I wasn't missing anything. And I know it's so hard to 
imagine for someone who who never had anything to do with communism, who just heard or read about it, because everyone thinks it's a bad thing, right? But for those people who actually live in it, um, I don't think they really know whether it's good or bad, because uh, believe it or not, uh, the people there weren't suffering. Um, you know, my parents, I, now I'm talking about what my parents told me later on, so I can understand it a little bit better. But, you know, back then, um, part of communism is that the government makes sure that the people miss out on anything, meaning they provide what you need. Okay, so they provide a job for everyone. They provide daycare for everyone. Um, you know, they provide food for everyone. Now, the downside is that everyone probably has exactly the same. There is no rich, there is no poor. Everyone is sort of the same. Everyone gets the same thing. But um, for the people, the actual people living there, um, I don't think my parents even at the time knew that there was something better out there because again, they had a job, they had daycare, they had the money they needed, they had a car, they had a telephone, they had a TV, uh, you know, so it's really, really hard to, 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 to understand that maybe when you live in that, that you're not missing anything until later on when you come out of it, that maybe you see, oh, wow, there's actually more than that. And um, my, my dad was actually the driving force always. My dad didn't agree with communism and he had always wanted to leave it. Um, my mom wasn't really on board with that because she was very connected to family and uh, she loved her job and she felt like my parents weren't missing anything. She said, why do you want to leave? We have everything we need. And, um, you know, my dad always had a bigger picture in mind. He said, you know, this can't be it. I think there's something better out there. And um, so at the time back then, you had to actually request or file an application if you wanted to leave the country. And I know it sounds crazy when you think about leaving the country because we're still talking about Germany. We're just, you know, as being like in, in East Texas wanting to go to West Texas and there's a wall that separates the state, you know? I mean, Germany is tiny compared to the United States and yet it was separated. But you had to file um, an application if you wanted to leave and then, um, you know, you were screened and you were checked out and my parents had to sit, they were sit, sat down many, many times and had to answer lots of questions. Um, and uh, it took about, I think, two or three years for my parents to get approval to leave the country. And again, I was only six years old. Uh, my brother was only two years old. He's four years younger than I am. And um, I don't remember much of that time. You know, lots of what I'm telling you right now is just my parents shared with me how this all happened. But um, uh, when, when my parents were, were granted the application, uh, what happened was they, one day, they, they got a phone call and they said, you can leave, you got approved, but you have to leave within 24 hours and please know you're not coming back. So, you know, that, I mean, just imagine you're being told you can leave now, but you have to leave within 24 hours, which who can plan for a move in 24 hours, right? It's almost, wow. it's almost not realistic. However, my parents had been preparing already. They had sold a lot of their personal items, that, you know, that they knew they weren't going to take. And so we actually left. We got on a train. Every one of us had a suitcase in our hand. That's all we had. 
and we left. And um, when we left, we were under the assumption that we would most likely never see our family and friends again, because that's what we were told. And, um, you know, little we knew that just a couple months later, the wall actually came down. But when we left, no one even considered that. No one knew this. No one thought that this ever was going to happen. So, you know, it was for my parents and for us, um, it was a huge relief knowing that actually now we will be able to see family and friends again. Because, you know, we were, we were very lonely on this journey. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my little story from communism, which I know is not very big because I was a kid and, you know, I don't, I don't remember much of it, but I do know that um, I grew up with my grandparents and I, I grew up with, you know, friends and daycare and that kind of stuff. And I just remember that it was a absolutely normal childhood that I lived, you know. Wow, that that actually is like really, really fascinating, especially considering you don't remember much, but you lived it and that's, you know, not really looking for a history lesson. That's exactly what I was hoping to hear. So, or, you know, hoping as far as your story, not hoping, you know, that that was your story. I'm sure even though you were so young, that was still kind of like, even if it didn't, you know, outwardly, you know, you didn't show it, I'm sure that that impacted you in some way. Yes, absolutely. I think it really did. Um, Even in my later life, you know, sometimes you don't realize how certain things from your early childhood affect you later on in life. Yeah. So you, you moved away, you got approved, you moved, and then the wall came down. And I'm not going to say everything just magically went back to normal, but the integration of the two sides happened. And you yourself had your own, you know, life to think about. And I know schooling works a little bit different over there than maybe here. I, If I'm remembering my German classes correctly, I know they try to get you thinking about your career path pretty young in life. I don't know how young they might have started over in East Germany or how that might have worked, but for you, how did that work? Did you have something like a passion or anything in mind or did it just kind of come to you as you were going through school? Yeah, so um, as I mentioned before, I, I came to West Germany when I was only six years old. So um, I had a lot of elementary school ahead of me. Uh, the school system in Germany is a little different than here. Uh, We don't have middle and high schools. It's like a combined thing uh, that you attend between fifth and 10th or 12th grade, um, depending on, you know, how far you want to go and educate yourself. But um, I I think I I realized or learned very early in life that I'm a hospitality kind of person. Um, So I decided fast forward now several years, um, I decided that I was going to pursue a apprenticeship um, in hotel operations. And um, the the reason I chose that uh, was just because I felt that, uh, first of all, I love being around people. I love the hospitality area, but I also thought that 
maybe uh, looking down, um, you know, my life that maybe I could travel, maybe I could, you know, I thought maybe I could be a flight attendant, maybe I could work on a cruise ship. I had a lot of big things in my mind back then. And uh, I just felt like that this would be helpful. Now, back when I was, um, back when I was in school or when I was close to finishing school, uh, kids or, or, or teenagers back then, uh, it wasn't as common as it is here in the United States. I feel that just because you're finishing high school, you're going to college. Uh, it's not at all a common thing. And I still don't know if it is. Now, of course, there will always be kids that thrive for that goal, right? But in Germany, um, the, the, the system is a little bit different in that. How do I explain that? That people think you should learn a trade, right? And um, not saying that you can't go to college, but the actual act of learning a trade, like the practical part of, you know, learning a trade and being able to do something is so valuable in Germany. And it's, it's, it, it still is. And so um, a lot of kids um, oftentimes do what's called an apprenticeship. It takes about three years to do that. And what that means is that you partially go to school and learn the theoretical part about whatever you're learning. And then the other part, you actually find a business that will take you in to teach you everything. In my case, it was a hotel. And so, you know, I would go to school on Monday, Mondays and Fridays and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I was actually at the hotel getting trained in every single department and, and learning what it means to, to be an employee of a hotel. And I did that for three years and um, loved it. Absolutely loved everything about it. Uh, and uh, then realized that I do like the work at the front desk the most compared to all these other areas in the hotel. And so I figured that probably once I was done with that apprenticeship that I would want to work in that area, maybe somewhere else. Um, and that's when towards the end of my apprenticeship, that's when I actually met my husband. So plans changed a little bit. <laughs> And it's interesting, everything that you're saying about that part of your path totally lines up with my wonderful German teacher, Frau McRae. And I got to give her like a mention here because it shows me she was really in touch with what was going on. And I really am interested. So I, I, Saul, when I went through your LinkedIn profile, yes, I did do that much research. I saw exactly what you said. So it was like a four-year apprenticeship that you did, internship at a Hotel Mainz, IBS Budget Hotel Mainz. And you did that. And then from there, you transitioned into a lot of different things. What happened there that you kind of went away from uh, the hospitality industry? So what happened was that after I finished up with my apprenticeship, I actually moved around to a couple other hotels and worked at the front desk for a while. But it seemed like that things just weren't really working out. Like I wasn't, all of a sudden, I wasn't as happy as I was during the time that I did my apprenticeship. And I can't, I honestly can't really tell you why that is. Um, I just, you know, had a few different employers and I did what I had to do, but um, I lost a little bit of interest. Uh, again, like I said, I met my husband during that time. I met him when I was very young. I was only 18 years old. 
and uh, he was 20 at the time. And uh, if you if you read up on me a little bit already, then you probably know I'm German. He's American. That's why I probably I live here now too. Um, he was actually stationed in Germany. Uh, he was um, with the U.S. Army there, and um, we met. And uh, you know, I still wanted to pursue my career, but like I said, things just didn't really pan out the way I wanted to. So I ended up working for a couple um, companies, uh, kind of like office jobs, you know, just admin things, which I like to. And it's interesting because in Germany, when you when you do an apprenticeship, when you uh, learn a trade, it's really great, right, to know this trade. But there's also a little bit of a catch with it. And the catch is, once you learn that trade, people only want to hire you for that trade. Meaning, if all of a sudden you realize that that really wasn't the right thing for you, you're a little stuck. And it's hard to get into a new job because many times people don't want to give you the chance for another job because you really don't know it. You didn't learn it. And I find in the United States here, ever since I moved here, it's very different. You can go anywhere and get the opportunity to, to be taught something new. And you can even become the manager in that place if you're good at what you do, right? In Germany, it's a lot harder. So for me to get away from the hotel area into maybe the admin area, um, was very, very hard. Um, I realized, I think part of what I realized was that if I want to continue working in hotels, as much as I liked it at the time, I will have a hard time starting a family. I will have a hard time having kids because let's be honest, when do people work in hotels? They work early mornings, they work late nights, they work holidays, they work weekends. And you know, if you want to start a family, which at that point I was you know, starting to think about, I knew this job was probably not going to be the best for me. So I liked the office part, the admin part of the hotel area. So I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just try and find like a Monday to Friday, eight to five kind of job that would fit that, you know, what I'm looking for a little bit better. It was really hard. Um, I did find a few employers that would, you know, help me with that. Um, and that's what I did for a while. Um, my husband and I, actually uh, ended up moving um, within Germany. My husband got out of the military at some point and uh, we moved to Stuttgart, which is in Southern Germany. And um, I was able to get a really good position again at a hotel, which made me happy. And I was the executive assistant, which to me was this huge thing. I was really happy about it. Um, and I did that for a couple of years. And I thought to myself, you know, I think this is kind of like the way to go. This is probably uh, a good thing for me. And um, I then got pregnant and uh, we had our, we had our son in uh, 2010 and uh, in Germany, you get to stay home and take care of your baby a little longer than you do in the U S. So I was actually home um, for, I'm trying to think right now, I was home for a year or a year and a half and, um, and then wanted to go back to work. Um, but unfortunately something else came across, um, when my son started daycare and I was ready to go back to work, I was diagnosed with cancer. So that kind of threw me a curveball. Wow. So when you were thrown this curveball, I, what, what came next? Well, the cancer kind of knocked me out for about a year, um, kind of stole a year of my lifetime in a way. But it also taught me a lot. So it was, it was not only bad. Um, well, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer uh, in 2013. 
Um, I already started having symptoms in 2012 and it took quite a while for the doctors to figure out what it really was. Uh, it was not like an obvious kind of cancer. And, um, so in 2013, I had major surgery to remove, um, you know, the cancer, uh, remove everything else that would, you know, uh, let me ever have children again. So that's why I only have one son and not more kids. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, it took me almost, it took me a good year, uh, physically, I think emotionally, it took me much longer to get past that. Um, and unfortunately, uh, something else happened during that time while I was in the recovery process of the cancer, you know, to heal, uh, my husband was told that, uh, he had to move back to the States. And, uh, so not only I had to recover from cancer, but we also had to prepare for an international move, uh, to move from Germany, uh, to Florida. And, uh, you know, we did that in 2014. Um, I was barely feeling better for my cancer. And uh, we moved here and had to start a whole new chapter of our life um, all on our own. Now, my husband has family in the States, but not necessarily in Florida. So we were here on our own, you know, really, because the States are so big that uh, it doesn't really help you if you have family in Michigan. If you live in Florida, you know, you're still by yourself. Um, so we had to start from scratch here. So when you were going through all this stuff, cancer, surgery, moving, all these life changes, and especially when, <laughs> another coughing fit here, when you knew that you were moving to uh, the States during all this time, were you kind of prepping in your mind about, okay, when I get better, I'm going to start my own business. Like, I really want to get back to my roots. What were you thinking, if you were even thinking about it at all at the time? So, um, moving to the States was a, was a very big step for me. Um, obviously, it was my first international move. Uh, I had to leave my family behind, uh, family, friends, um, so that was hard. And uh, when, when I was a kid and we left East Germany, we actually moved around quite a bit uh, until my parents found a place where we settled and where we stayed. So I want to say I moved at least five or six times in my childhood, which also meant I had to change schools five or six times. Um, I always had a really hard time to connect because of that, because if you're only somewhere for a year or two, you know, it's really hard. So, um, I always felt like that, um, that it was really hard for me to grow roots. And I always told myself when I'm an adult and I can make my own decisions, I want to be in a place and grow roots. I don't want to move around all the time and, and never really grow roots. Um, so moving here was uh, a very, very big and scary step for me. And I was really wondering how this was going to work out. Um, because we just had each other, my husband, my son, and I. And when we first moved here, I really didn't know what kind of career path I would I would uh, aim for. Uh, my husband came here already with a job. You know, he was just transferred from his job in Germany to to this area here, where we live now. Um, but for me, um, I had a three year old little child, 
that I knew I had to care for because there was no daycare right away, you know, that I could have dropped them off. And uh, w- when, we, when we first arrived, we lived in a hotel for two months and uh, we're searching for a house. Uh, didn't find a house right away. So that's why that took kind of long. And my husband and I talked about, you know, what, what opportunities do I have or what do I, what do I see myself doing? And I was still recovering from cancer. I wasn't as strong uh, physically um, as, I, as I maybe should have been to, to start a new career. Um, but I, at the same time, we had to come up with something because uh, I, needed to, I needed to work to um, you know, help out my husband financially. Um, and at the same time, I'm, I'm a hard worker. If I don't work, if I don't do nothing, I feel useless. I literally feel useless. I have to have a purpose. It's really important for me. So we were wondering, you know, what can I do? Where can I work? And uh, we came up with the idea that I could be just in the beginning, clean some houses just to have a little bit of a side income. And it's kind of a flexible job too. I could do it maybe when my husband is not working. And um, so I found a few jobs out of my hotel room. And um, my husband and I went, I remember it just like it was yesterday. Um, We didn't have much money when we first moved here because my husband got paid a lot more money being overseas than he did here. So we really didn't have a lot of money available. So we went to a dollar store and bought myself a few cleaning supplies. I kid you not, it was probably $10 we spent to get get me started. and, you know, it wasn't a business at, at that point. It was just me cleaning some houses. And I found one or two people that I cleaned houses for. And I guess they like the German cleaning lady. What can I say? You know how people talk about Germans, how we're so accurate and perfect, clean and tidy and whatever. So that was probably partially it. And um, those people tell, told their neighbors and friends and posted it on Facebook and, you know, the whole social media thing that's going on. And next thing I knew, I had people calling me, asking me if I would clean their house too. And um, we ended up finding a house and moved into our house. So we were out of the hotel. And because, um, because now I had some income from my cleaning jobs, I was able, or we were able to put our son in daycare, kind of like a chain reaction, you know how that works. And, um, and now that he was in daycare, I had a little bit more time available in the mornings to clean some more houses. And next thing I know, I had so many houses that I felt like I needed someone else to help me. I can't do this all on my own. So I found some help and um, another lady or another two ladies. And all of a sudden, um, let's say maybe two years down the road from when I started, my husband and I sat down and we said, you know, I think we've reached a point where we have to decide now. Is this what you want to do? Do you want to make a company out of this? Do you want to make a real business out of this? Or was this just to kind of get you started moving to this country and maybe now start your real career, whatever that is? Because at that time, I realized I don't think I want to work in hotels anymore um, because, you know, in Germany, everything is, is, is close to each other. It's so condensed. It's a much smaller country. So you can drive to work in five minutes and be at your hotel here. Everything is so big and so spread apart that you can easily drive half an hour, 45 minutes to your job. And, you know, again, we have to think about that. We don't have any family here. We didn't have a a support system here. 
So we had to really make sure that my husband's schedule and my schedule and our son all aligns and that we can be there for each other as needed. Um, so I felt like that the hotel thing really wasn't working out anymore. And um, so I said, well, I guess I could work in retail maybe, um, but I don't know, at that point, I was already kind of engaged in this cleaning thing. And, you know, a lot of people hate cleaning, but I can say I love cleaning. So, um, so I really felt like I had found a niche for myself that I was really happy in. So I had to make the decision, um, you know, what am I going to do, pursue this or do something else? And I decided to stick with it and make a real company out of it. And so I slowly started growing my cleaning business. So the fact that you became an entrepreneur and you have an LLC, I almost would say it kind of just happened by accident almost, you know, you just kind of came to the country, you did what you had to do. And I'm guessing you had in the back of your mind, at some point, maybe I'll do something else, whatever that is, but it turned out this was that something else. Correct. Yes. So one thing I'm curious about when you're building a team of cleaning help for your company, like you come into this with a background, you're a really hard worker. What's that like for you as far as like living up to your standards? Because that's a really like blue collar kind of job. You know, it's not, something you can you know I, I guess for lack of a better word you can't really half-ass a cleaning business you gotta really do that you gotta be all in so yes, what's agree. that like for you when you're hiring help and just trying to make sure that they understand the expectation and the bar they have to reach to just maintain job security yeah so I think um, a few things that are really important for me personally is, first of all, I have the passion for it. I think that's why I'm successful because I feel like if you own a business, hopefully you really love what you do, right? Because if you love what you do, um, people feel that on the outside. That, that's my experience. And, you know, I'm a first time business owner. I have never done this before until I came here. Um, so, so I, I can't speak for others and I, and I, and I, and I don't have any other experience other than my own, but I believe that the passion I have for what I do, um, reflects to the outside. People see that and are gravitated to that. And, um, another thing about myself is that I, I've always been a hard worker. I think, um, I was taught by my parents to be a hard worker. My parents always worked everything they owned, they worked hard for. And I'm the same way. I never got anything free. No one ever handed something to me, whether it was money or, you know, or anything. Uh, everything I have today, I work for. And, um, you know, I, I say that not to, not to, um, not to have people feel, I don't know, sorry for me or whatever. But I just want people to know that if you work hard for something and you really dedicate it, you can do whatever you want to do. Right. And, um, and I have a feeling that uh, my employees that I hire now, of course, you know, you hire, I, I've had a lot of employees already. And, and this, this is kind of a transitional job because no one cleans to clean for life, right? This is mostly 
people that need a job in between jobs, maybe just to make sure they have money. And so, um, so some employees don't stay forever. It's just unfortunately part of that industry. And it was a little hard for me in the beginning to, um, to, to find new people and then lose them again. And I always took it a little personally because I thought maybe they're leaving because of me. But I had to learn that, again, it is a transitional job. It's not a job forever, at least for most people. And um, so when, when I do hire people, I think that, um, that uh, they, they should love cleaning too, like I do. And there are people out there. It's not very many, but there are people out there. Um, but I think that um, when I train new people and when they come into the business, um, I think that my passion that I have for this business is almost contagious. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but again, if, if other people can see how much this means to you, um, and if they're open to it, if they really want the job, I think they get excited with you and they want to be part of it too. And, you know, I train everyone in the same way that I clean or that I would want it done. Now, of course, you can't clown somebody. You know, if I taught you how to clean now, you still wouldn't do it exactly like I do because you're a mark, right? You're a different person. But at the same time, I can teach you in the very best way I can. And hopefully if, if you want to be part of this journey, then you try to copy that as much as possible. So I think um, that's been part of my, I don't want to call it a secret, but you know, that's what I've been doing. And, um, and so far it's worked out really well for me. So you talked about early in life, how, you know, you went through the system and you were like, okay, I want to be in hospitality. And now later in life, you develop this company. Where do you have any idea where the passion that you have for this business came from? Because I know for me and for a lot of people, doing any kind of cleaning is it's like a chore, you know, it's not something that people want to do. So where, and I mean, the world needs Jackie Costello. They need people <laughs> like you because there's so many of us that don't have that passion. Where do you think that came from? Mm, that's a very good question. So if you ask my mom and dad, it will probably tell you that I wasn't always the cleanest, especially as a teenager. And that sometimes my room looked like hell. And that sometimes my parents tell me, you know, in a very funny way that they're very, very impressed and amazed by the turn I took. And, you know, that now this is my, this is my job, my everyday thing. Um, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, can, I don't know if I can exactly tell you what happened and when it happened. Um, but if you ask my husband, who's been married to me for almost 20 years now, so he knows me pretty well. Uh, he will probably tell you that um, I... I clean, I mean, I can clean any time a day and it takes my mind off. You know, other people may crochet and cross stitch or go play golf like my husband. To me, cleaning is, uh, I don't know, it, 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 it calms me down. It helps me when I'm stressed out about something. I just clean and it's, I don't know, it fulfills something. <laughs> I can't explain it in a better way. And you're right, there should be more Jackie Costellos. And I think that's why I probably won't go out of business because there's people that need people like me in their life. Well, one thing that I can say is when I'm stressed or going through something, the one thing that kind of helps me to calm down is doing chores around the house. So 
that when when you said that, I instantly thought of, yeah, anytime I'm going through something or I'm really worked up, that's exactly what I do. I start cleaning the house. And that's good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't it, think everyone is like that. You know, it's like my husband, again, he knows me well enough to know if all of a sudden I do five loads of laundry and I start cleaning baseboards, he asks me, he goes, Jackie, what's wrong? What's going on with you? And sometimes I may not even know, you know, sometimes we don't know exactly what's going on with us. We just feel just and nervous about something. And, and sometimes I tell him, like, I don't know, but I feel like I need to be cleaning now. And then he usually knows he better leaves me alone for a little bit. <laughs> I feel like the exact same thing happens on my end. My wife, when she sees me going through a cleaning fit, it's just, okay, just let him clean and let him work out whatever he needs to work out. And, uh, you know, I wind up coming back around once I get that energy out. I think it's all about just getting that energy out of the system. So yes, I agree. Once you work it out and you calm down and you're your normal self again, then you can talk about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So you started up this business. It kind of accidentally turned into like an entrepreneurship. One thing... I do want to ask is if I'm somebody going through a similar thing, maybe not similar path, but just I need to make a few bucks. I start up a cleaning business and then I find out, wow, this is going well. I should make it something bigger. What kind of things should people do or keep in mind? Like what was the process and the transition of going from just making a few bucks to like, this is a bigger thing. Okay. So of course, depending on what business it is that you are looking to start, I think it always depends on the niche, right? That, that you're, that you want to be in. Um, for me, it was, it was very hard uh, in the beginning. Uh, once I decided to not just be Jackie, the cleaning lady, but make it into a business. Um, because of a couple things. Number one, I'm I'm not a U.S. citizen. Um, I'm German. Uh, I have a green card that I live on here in the United States because I'm married to an American. Um, so I, you know, I fall under a few different regulations maybe than other people. Um, but at the same time, English is not my first language. I know many people say I can't tell Jack your English is great, but. I had to learn everything the hard way. I never owned a business before. I didn't know where to go, who to call, what to ask. Um, you know, what is an LLC? I mean, I have an LLC now, but I didn't know what it was eight years ago. I didn't know what all of this meant. So um, I want to say I learned the hard way just because I had to spend some money and I had to find people and not everyone was maybe the most trustworthy um, you know, other people may have more connections. They can ask friends or other people around. I didn't know anyone when I came here. So I had to really, really dig hard and learn the hard way. Um, generally, I want to say that a uh, couple of years down the road now, I have met many other small business owners. Um, I, joined, I joined a few uh, networking groups. We meet regularly just to kind of you know, motivate our, uh, each other and, and help each other out and refer, refer business to each other. And it's really helpful to know other people who do 
Uh, maybe not the same kind of trade you do, but we all have the same struggles as small business owners. And when it comes to um, starting a business and be successful in a business, I just found a few like core values really important to be successful. And it doesn't have anything to do with uh, how to start an LLC. You know what I mean? Not, not like that, but it's like core issues. Like for example, you know, always be honest, um, you know, be transparent, work hard, take responsibility, uh, be true to yourself. Um, you know, when you fall, yeah, fall and sit there and cry for a day or an hour, but get back up. You know, those are kind of like those things that I know they sound so easy and they know they, know they sound like everyone should know them. But um, I've learned along the way that there's many people who don't work hard. They want the success. They want a company, but yet they only want to work 10 hours a week. Well, you're not going to be successful if you work 10 hours a week, you know, or if you're, depending on what service you offer, um, I'm a big fan of being transparent. Now, I don't have a price list on my website, right? But if a client asks me, why do you want to charge me $150 to clean my house? I can tell you exactly where the $150 come for. I can break it down for you by the cent, right? And I think that's really important. It makes people like you. Uh, it makes people understand who you are and what you do and why you do it. And I just feel like that, um, that sometimes uh, it lacks people core values to be successful. You have to, you know, you have to be passionate about what you do. You have to be, like I said, honest to yourself and to others. Um, and if, if you, if you have some of these core values, I think you can be successful if you have the passion for what you want to do. Wow. And I, I totally agree with you. And especially the part that really stuck out to me is when you fall, you know, take the time recognize how you're feeling, but get back up and continue, especially if you're passionate about what you're doing. I know I personally, this podcast, it may seem like everything just goes smoothly and perfectly, and it doesn't always go smoothly and perfectly. And there are times where I, I have had times where I've said, boy, I don't know if I can even continue doing this, but once I remove myself for a while, and especially when I have such great guests like you and everybody else, I've clearly everybody I've had this year has been amazing. And it's like, it keeps me going. And it really reminds me of why I'm doing this. And, you know, that tells me that in some way I'm doing the right thing. So it's important when you're trying to do something for yourself to... You know, there are going to be a lot of really fun times and good times with it, especially for me. I love meeting people like you and just all the different stories and personalities. I love it. But there are going to be challenges along the way and there are going to be things that come up that you're not going to expect. And it's important to understand that and go through what you got to go through. But, you know, eventually pick yourself up and keep going. And, I agree, absolutely, yes. And your your life story in general has been that, you know, just that. And I feel like it's been so much so that you have this book that you wrote, and I'm curious to find out, 
obviously you have a really interesting story and you probably knew that going into it and I'd like to know maybe other than just being an interesting story and hoping to be an inspiration what was the motivation what clicked for you that you said I need to write this book um good question so as I mean as you already said you know the book um details my my early life in East Germany starting a family you know my battle with cancer um you know the the things that I lost in life because of the cancer not being able to have any more children go my family um and then coming to the U.S. building my business in the middle of all of this um I felt that it is a story to tell to maybe help others um you know, maybe, maybe it's not even much more than inspiring and motivating others. But uh, th there was there was a time that was really dark in my life. And at the time, you know, I wasn't sure where my life was going to go. And so I feel that uh, we all have times in our life where we are in these valleys, you know, and um, my pastor at church, he had a sermon once that it always stuck to me. Uh, and he said, you know, you're either about to go in a valley, you're in a valley, or you just came out of one. And it will repeat all life long. And, uh, and I think we have to be realistic enough to know that we have to be ready for it. And, um, and when we are in a valley or about to go into one, I feel like it can help us to, to know that others have been there already, have done that already, and maybe find out what they did to come out of it. And if anything, I just wanted to share my story in the hopes that it could motivate somebody else to keep pushing, keep pushing through whatever you're going through. And that while you may not see that what you're going through right now in that belly um, is, is doing you any good, but you know, oftentimes we don't know until much later how this valley affected us actually in a positive way. You know, it's, it's like we, we ask, sometimes we ask, why am I going through this valley? Why are things so bad right now? Why is this happening? But then later on, it could be, it could be a month. It could be a year. It could be 10 years later. You're like, oh my God, man, this really, this is why I had to go through this, you know? And that's how I felt. Um, and so, you know, I just feel like that um, I, I wanted to write down the story um, and if not for anyone else, then for myself too, to kind of get through it. Um, and so I just, again, I just hope that I can, I can inspire and motivate some people when you are in that valley, don't think this is the end, you know, there co something comes after the valley, but you have to get up. You can't, you can't sit still. You have to get back up. Does it feel different telling your life story as opposed to living it? Do you tend to look at it from a different perspective now? Yeah, I mean, um, a, a lot of things that are part of my story um, are not necessarily super recent. It's been, you know, a while back, like my cancer now um, was like eight years ago um, or nine years ago. And so it feels I'm being more distanced to some of the negative things that happened to me. So it gets easier to talk about it. Um, does it feel different? Yeah, I mean, um, 
I feel like it gets easier, just easier to talk about it because a lot of good stuff has happened since then. So, you know, that's, that's exactly what I just said. Uh, it feels like looking back now, I didn't understand why a lot of these things happened back then and it didn't make much sense. And I was, you know, not very positive about things, but now looking back, I think a lot of this stuff shaped me to who I am right now. No, and that's exactly how I feel about my own life because I've certainly been through my ups and downs and I know that during this podcast, there was a purpose behind it. Obviously, I wanted to talk to people like you and meet people doing all kinds of interesting things, but I also felt a need to tell my own story a little bit and to just be an inspiration for others because I had people telling me as early as like, you know, six years old, you know, I, I remember one story in particular, probably one of the biggest things that sticks out to me is, you know, I was born with cleft palate and lip. So speaking, you know, I've come a long way with just public speaking in general. And I remember in first grade, six years old, our, I went to a Catholic school. Every week we would have a turn taken to run the mass, quote unquote. So, you know, first grade maybe got one shot a year, if, you know, maybe two. And it would just take a long time. But somehow I either tried to volunteer, got nominated to speak. And it was something that some of the nuns in the school and some other people, they were like kind of against it. And my mom really had to go to bat for me to allow me to do it. And when I did it, I remember doing really well and everybody congratulating me and saying, wow, you did better than we expected. And that kind of thing early on really fueled me to much to your point of dusting yourself off and getting back up and keep going and the valleys and everything else in life. And that for me kind of led me, you know, I, I, I told my story here and there in these episodes, bits and pieces. We don't have enough time. This is about you anyway. But my point being is that, you know, it, the, the past really impacted me. And I know that when I look back on my past, I almost feel like, as you pointed out, very distant from it, but somehow it's still there. And it's still a part of the story. It's a part of who I am. And that, for me, you know, just the opportunity to tell my story a little bit and to just be who I am and for people to see and hear that I, yeah, I was born with some obstacles and some challenges and have had a lot of people doubt me, but at the end of the day, I have maintained a sense of self and I have kept moving forward. And that's really like, I guess when I talk to you, I see, obviously I haven't been through quite what you've been through, but you know, that same core, you know, strength, the, the inner, you know, being in touch with yourself and that strength to keep going is very similar. And I 
really appreciate that about you and your perspective is just amazing and really inspiring. Thank you. So at this point in the show, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about, I mean, you have this wonderful book that you've written, you have your business going. What's next for you? What do you want to do next? I almost, I almost figured you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> of course, I, I um, ask everybody. So I've been asked that question lately several times. It's funny. Um, people ask me, are you willing to write another book? Uh, the answer is right now, no. I feel like everything I had to say, I said already. Not saying that down the road, maybe I will have more to say and maybe write another book. But um, I'm really, I'm really happy with the book that, um, that I wrote together with my husband. And um so, so as far as the book goes, I think I'm done for now. Um, however, I don't think I'll ever stop telling my story. Um, of course, only to those who want to hear it. But uh, I, I often, I often meet people uh, that I feel like I can, you know, I can share something with and maybe help them through something. Uh, just like the other way around. Sometimes, you know, you meet people that inspire you and, and you feel like maybe you already knew everything about something specific, but yet someone shares their perspective and you start thinking, oh, wow, you know, this is interesting. Maybe I could try that too. Um, as far as uh, as far as my business goes, I'm really happy with what I do right now. And uh, I don't even have a five-year plan. I just want to keep doing what I'm doing for now. Um, I do... I do believe that maybe, you know, Florida is not my final destination. Uh, I don't know uh, where, you know, I don't know what kind of plan, what kind of plans God has for me as far as future. I'm definitely open to it. Um, So I'm not really sure as long as, as long as, you know, my family is healthy and happy and we can be together and enjoy life. I don't really care where that is and, and what we'll do. I'm um, just kind of along uh, for the ride right now. Fair enough. I love that perspective. And I mean, with you living the path that you've lived, I don't know if I expect anything else. So <laughs> uh, with that being said, how can people get your book, learn more about your story? Uh, perhaps if they live in the Tampa Bay area, they want cleaning services or they just want to learn more about what you do how how can we learn so as far as my cleaning business goes you can find me on google you can find me on instagram you can find me on facebook Uh, my business is custom cleanups um we are in the tampa area so if you just type us into google you will find us um as far as my book goes i sell that on amazon uh you will find it there um as you already said earlier, um, my title is very long, but if you just type in How Far I Have Risen by Jackie Costello, you will find it. Uh, we sell it in the States. We sell it in England and Canada. Uh, you know, it's Amazon, so you can almost get it anywhere. Um, and if you if you want to uh, learn more about me, uh, I, have a, I have a website too called howfarihaverisen.com. And uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. I'm just like many other people all over on social media. You can find me everywhere, actually. And you also have a blog on your website as well, correct? Yes, that's true. 
yeah, a lot of good content there. So you can definitely learn more about Jackie and her perspective on life there. And uh, I thank you for taking time out on Sunday morning to speak with me. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, no problem. I mean, what a story. Really inspiring to get me started on this Sunday morning. I, Like I said, I came off a six-day work week, so if my energy seems a little low, it's nothing to do with anything here. It's just <laughs> I, I, am, uh, I am tired. <laughs> <laughs> but... I thank you so much and your story is so inspiring and I wish you nothing but continued success with everything and again Jackie Costello she has a book she's an author How Far I Have Risen Coming Clean About Cancer God and My American Dream Jackie Costello thank you very much for being on Mark My Words Thank you so much. You have a great day. Have a great day. And everybody, I will be back very soon with another great guest and another episode. So bye for now. Bye.